Try to imagine all life as you know it stopping instantaneously and every molecule in your body exploding at the speed of light. Total Protonic Reversal. Protonic Reversal. Protonic Reversal. With your host, Kevin Neutron. Broadcasting from a secret underground lair in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. A gigantic middle finger to everything that is rock about music, rock and roll, and cover power. The thing is, though... If you don't laugh, you're going to go on a killing spree with shot and nails. Confidence of a hero or a fool, I wasn't exactly certain which. Could not be more professional. It's the real world. I choose to go my life to. That's okay. It means something. It means something. That's like a science thing, right? Indeed, indeed, indeed. It's a science thing. It's a science place. It's a scientific fact. We're all up in your face. It is time for the one, the only... Protonic reversal. Welcome to it. All right. So, first off, I need you to know that this episode is a pre-record. It's recorded right the very beginning of the quarantine. This is with the band... Hackadee Pachoto, Alexander Hacka, Danielle Pachoto. Yes, Hackadee Pachoto, Alexander Hacka, uh, Danielle Pachoto. One thing you need to know is that I sat on this episode for a while. This was recorded right at the beginning of the quarantine. One of the reasons why is I had a cable failure and a last minute replacement that ended up being some of the audio on my side, meaning my speech is a little crispy, and I found that incredibly obnoxious. Uh, futzed around with it and futzed around with it until I thought it was tolerable enough. And that's why I sat on this episode. There's no other reason why Danielle and Alexander are awesome. I think this is a very interesting episode. But timeline-wise, you got to understand that this happened much earlier on in the quarantine of the pandemic. As a band that basically tours all the time. Uh, it's affected them greatly. Some developments since then. The Neubatten tour has since been postponed, as you can imagine. And I don't know. There's probably other things as well. But just wanted to let you guys know, uh, I don't think it's the audio's bad, necessarily. Just It's, it's a little cr- it's crispier than I would have liked. It's a little overcooked. Uh, house cleaning. Thanks for everyone who's been sharing the show around. Appreciate it. Again, RadioNeutron.com for the archives. Uh, Patreon.com slash Protonic Reversal. Gets you all the episodes immediately. You don't have to wait for the free feed, which has quite the backlog right now. Appreciate everyone, the new listeners, uh, for all the props on the shows. Uh, sharing them around, liking and reviewing, all that stuff. It all helps the show grow. Appreciate it. And one of the reasons... One of the reasons I do this show frankly, isn't just to talk to the bigger guests, which Alexander's absolutely a big guest. Noe Batten's a big freaking deal. But what they do, what him and Danielle do is, is really worthwhile, worth paying attention to, and pretty cool. And I like putting a focus on that kind of thing. So what I'll say to the folks that, for lack of a better term, pick and choose their episodes based on people they already know, check out some of the ones you haven't heard. Now, that's going to be, <laughs> I'm not going to, 
get preachy about it, but consider checking out the ones you haven't heard. All right, that, that's it. That's it. So anyway, I'm going to play a Hakati Pachoto song off of The Current. It's called Onwards, and then we'll uh, have a discussion with uh, Danielle and Alexander. And looking forward to it.
Okay, so that's Onwards by Hackadee Pachoto. That's his off the record of The Current. And we're speaking now with none other than Alexander Hacka and Daniel Pachoto. Welcome to the show. Welcome to Protonic Reversal. How, uh, how, how goes things in your part of the world? Are you social distancing? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> we are. We're sitting in our studios. And um, we're not really doing much differently than we usually do because usually we're sitting in our studios, um, except that, you know, we don't go out and meet friends or go to parties or actually tour because our tour has been canceled. <laughs> That's, and of course, as you might imagine, many of the artists that I've been talking to are absolutely in the same boat, uh, you know, myself even included, that it's it's a universal constant that there just isn't any touring going on right now which uh is that something that you know how, how has that been affecting uh, your process are you are you writing new music are you uh what are, are you planning any <laughs> one of these facebook live events or things along those lines that people are doing well obviously you know like every single plan that we had made for this year so far has been thrown over and uh, all the shows uh, have been canceled so we're looking into plan B C and D uh, in order to to get ourselves busy keep ourselves busy and keep ourselves uh, in in work basically so um, yeah well we're we're uh, aside from really uh, cleaning up and archiving and uh, re reprogramming websites and doing all that. <laughs> um, the glamorous stuff, yes. <laughs> we're, also, we're also actively uh, trying to acquire like commissioned works and stuff, people, you know, sure. that would need film music or people that, that want to get remixes or stuff like that. So, Which is yeah, perfect we, for you guys because there's a very, uh, pardon for interrupting, but a very cinematic element to what you do. So that totally makes sense. And I did notice, uh, I forgot to mention this, you, you, I know you guys did participate in the uh, COVID-19 Day of Action on Bandcamp where they waived their fees and you, you put up some back catalog stuff just recently. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, that was great. That really, that really helped. I mean, that was amazing how many people came forwards and, and ordered our stuff. We were pretty um, touched by that, actually. It was great. Yeah, and it's, it's nice to see a service sort of acknowledge the hardships of the, the working class artist rather than just absolutely. paying lip service to it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in, in Germany here, um, it's actually... It's pretty great because all the institutions are thinking of how to do that. Like there's a, there's been a huge, you know, all these people are meeting and trying to um, think of how they can help artists. So um, the, the cultural senate is thinking of giving the artists um, some money, and um, the the um, GEMA, is it called the GEMA? That's um, like the the royal the royalty accounting. Yeah. Uh, like the ASCAP, like the ASCAP in the. Oh, yeah. So. So a lot of a lot of these um, institutions are actually um, actively thinking of how they can help artists by actually giving money and not wow. lending money so that nobody makes debts. What's that like? <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> I know that's pretty incredible. As an American, I this is a very obviously uh, different concept than what I'm used to. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, Germany has a um, social government, yep. and so they—that's the great thing a about social it. democrats. So, yeah, <laughs> social democratic government. So 
in that way, that's what's amazing about them, that they immediately start thinking in a social kind of way that, you know, how can we help each other? Which, um, I mean, I come from New York, so I know what it's like in the U.S., you know, and it's like, <laughs> to, to hear people saying that, like, really? Yeah, well, we had, we had a shot this year, and it, it, it turns out it didn't really go our way, but uh, that, that's more than we've had in a very long time, so. Yeah, yeah. And um, it's, it's great that they also realize, particularly for Berlin, that, that Berlin is really made of, or, or what Berlin has its reputation from, is yeah. is the work of, of independent artists and, you know, freaks. Uh, and, you know. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> people that, that do uh, extraordinary, unusual things. And uh, so, um, I mean, they... They, for, for them, it's, it's quite a quite a reasonable uh, economic um, evaluation to say, like you know, if we all croak, you know, uh, financially, yeah, yeah, we're going to be out of money. <laughs> yeah, at least, <laughs> they'll talk. Yes, there won't be anyone to make them any money anymore. So you right. know, they're, like they kind of uh, they they need us. It's yeah. a pragmatic yeah. concern. Yeah, absolutely, and and that's. <laughs> It's funny, yeah. it's funny how, how that uh, doesn't seem to correlate with some folks. Let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah. No, it's great because, the, the, you know, Berlin tourism is totally dependent on artists because that's why people come to Berlin, like the clubs, the DJs, the musicians, the art. So if that would all disappear, Berlin would actually have nothing to offer. Yeah, that's uh, it, 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 it'd be like outlying gambling in Las Vegas or something along those lines. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so we uh, we talked a little bit earlier about um, you know you guys maybe like putting yourselves up for commissions for film work or something. I think that's very very astute because again, I think the word cinematic gets overused a lot with music, but there is definitely because there are lots a lot of uh, like movements and sort of slow builds and uh, there's there's a lot of mood to what you do. And was was that sort of did you did you walk into doing this as like hey let's do something that could you know basically be soundtracks to cool movies that don't exist or <laughs> did it just sort of happen organically that that's what um, came out? Well, as you might know, we uh, in 2010 we we gave up uh, our house that we had rented here in Berlin and we started. You went nomad. Started, yes, we started a different a different lifestyle. And uh, with that change, with that transformation, uh, came came a few realizations as why why should we have those those confinements, those those strict uh, uh, those those strict boxes of right. you know boundaries in our music if we if we got rid of, of all the architectural confinements and uh, and therefore we we try to approach our process very very differently so we we just you know played and reacted to each other you might call it improvisation i don't know if it, if it really is that but um so basically we we opened ourselves to uh to reacting to each other and and, mm. and that made the, that made made that change happen in the music well and it does sound very organic like it, it's definitely coming from a place that you know a lot of cultural signifiers for describing the music would maybe uh, tend to be coming from more of an orchestrated place or <clears throat> I, I suppose a natural 
corollary would be something like a Godspeed You Black Emperor or something along those lines. Uh, but it, it seems like you make good economy and usage of just having the two people and, and the technology <laughs> to pull this off. And yeah. what, what, there, there's obviously been, there's, there's different approaches that you've done with the different albums, but have you tried to like write in the limitations of just having, you know, so many hands and so many feet and so many devices? Well, that's basically, that's definitely an issue. I mean, we've basically reached the limitations of it of what we can carry and what we can play <laughs> because you know when we travel we have so many we have as many suitcases that we actually can carry so that's right. we've that. <laughs> and basically i mean what you know in the end effect we've been doing stuff together for since 2001 mm -hmm. we come from like different backgrounds and we come from different um like you know alexander comes from neubauten from mm -hmm. playing um, those instruments from playing guitar and bass, which are um, electronically um, amplified instruments. I come more from the classical music. I, I learned violin when I was young and piano, and I play the hurdy-gurdy, and I play the um, auto harp. So I come from instruments that aren't necessarily amplified. And so for a long time, I kind of tried, you know, like, how can we put these things together without, um, you know, having one side... Um, not being able to do what is best like you know if, if if you do what the amplified instruments are doing you know then the my instruments are too quiet if the amplified instruments have to be quiet for my instruments so we, we worked on that for a long time until we found a way where both extremes are possible which is kind of interesting and yeah. so you know and i think that's why it has this like really maybe um very uh, individual sound to it because we found out that if both of us do what we can do best, it really works, which is odd. <laughs> I, I'm glad you brought that up because I actually have one of the few notes I have just says hurdy gurdy, and uh -huh. uh, because I think that <laughs> I think first of all it's a fascinating instrument, but obviously it's a very hilarious name as well. And most people only know the Donovan song, so yeah. I, I think it is def it's definitely of note that you don't hear a lot of hurdy gurdy in uh, pop in popular music these days. No. <laughs> I mean, I just, I, I personally, I mean, both of us are people that are music musicians that love odd sounds. I mean, you know, again, sure. Alex from Neubauten, and I've always loved odd, rough, weird sounds. And I heard a hurdy-gurdy player in Prague once, a really, really old man playing this instrument. It was like, what? That? What is that? It sounds like, you know, a cat being... <laughs> or something I was right like, yes 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 beautiful sound and so i and i said i need that instrument so um the instruments i play i usually choose because of the odd sounds that they make well and i think it it, trans, it translates well because alexander you have um if, I, if i'm not mistaken you use a good amount of ebo uh if, if it's not ebo more sustained kind of notes where it's sort of like a guitar not quite sounding guitar like to do more, more almost droney uh, kind of things, at least in, in some of the stuff that I've heard, and it, it makes yeah. for a nice contrast. Yeah, I do. I do play the ebo quite a bit. I, I play, but I don't do not play it on a guitar. I play it on a bass. I have one of those bass six things. You know, oh, so, it's a bass six. Yes, of course, of course. So that's that's the uh, the distance between the uh, the strings fits the ebo. You know, you find you get to the sweet spot. So and ebos can be notoriously hard to uh, to tame. 
<laughs> sometimes. So it's it, they, they're beautiful sounding, but it's definitely not something again that you hear in a lot of, uh, for lack of a better term, conventional music. So it ma- it makes it very interesting. Oh, I love that sound. I love that thing. It's it's just such an ingenious invention, you know. When I I don't know when they originally were first released, but when I first heard it, actually um, with a Danish band, I think it must have been like '83 or '84 or something like a, a Danish duo. They were called Alive with Worms. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. We played, and you know, I since then I've I've. I've had so many of these things, and uh, you know, I, I love them. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to say it was like like late seventies, like maybe seventy eight or so that it was inventive, and and then it, you know, yeah, it, it definitely. I mean, obviously, it, it, like there's like a I think a David Gilmore song where he uses it, and like a couple of like bigger examples, but it's it's something that once you know what it is, you're like ah. That's an Ebo. I know what that is. <laughs> and if not, it just sounds like this interesting spectral. Uh, I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't even sound necessarily like a guitar or a bass. It just has this unique sound all its own, and it's it's not often utilized. Are you aware of, of the gizmo? The, the, these these two guys, Godly and Cream from Ten CC, they invented this device called the gizmo. I, I think in the late seventies, and it was made from a cassette recorder uh, motor. You know, with like oh, wow. little little wheels on it and originally they were going to record like a like a demonstration uh, single of it but then they made a double album just using this, <laughs> this instrument i was always one wanted to get my hands on one of those you know it's like a, like an actual uh, mechanical device oh, yeah. onto your guitar <laughs> is that the thing didn't didn't jimmy page use that on like a on like a led zeppelin album or something along those lines i, I feel Pro- like uh, well, J- Jimmy Page, I think he used just like a regular violin bow to to play like a twelve string guitar and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. no, yeah, for sure. But I, I thought, I thought that if it's the thing I'm thinking of, because I remember when you said ten cc, that's when it, uh, when it, it's like in through the outdoors, something along those. I, you know, I don't know. I'm not gonna fact. Doesn't matter. I'll, it's, <laughs> it really doesn't matter. It has nothing to do with what you guys do, but. <laughs> point of fact weird devices uh well again and going back to the fact that since it's just you two whatever you're doing you have to make the most of the sounds that you have uh and i think that that's something that oftentimes people focus on what is missing when there's it's like a, a band that's a duo or somebody along those lines and they don't focus on the thought behind how you fill that space and how you utilize the spaces that otherwise be filled up by another player. And I think it's interesting that you have that. Um, well, you have a couple. Uh, I think they're they're well, they're like meditation albums. And you have that one that you did with uh, Vinny from Unsane, mm-hmm. which is not someone you would <laughs> normally think of as playing on a meditative album necessarily. But obviously, the man's a. <laughs> He's he's a good player, and a good player can can play different styles, and it, it's fascinating that when I first was exposed to the music, I, I was like, oh yeah, this is very. There were parts of it that were very calming and very uh, you know, contemplative. Uh, I guess what I'm saying is that seems very on brand. Was that something that you ca- kind of came to naturally, or did you get that from like feedback from folks watching you, or is that just gonna break into the uh, 
the meditation market and get some of that meditation money? <laughs> well, actually, um, no. What happened was that we did, um, you know, the we did Hitman's Heel, which was a little bit still a little ballady, but then we kind of found our sound with Casa Valencia, the first album right. that was like what we're doing now, and then. Um, we had some friends that told us, wow, you know, you can really do yoga with these songs. It's amazing. And we were like, really? And they were like, yeah, it's getting, <laughs> you know, really great. We love doing yoga to yeah, it. And yeah. yoga said the same thing. And so then we thought, well, actually, I mean, we do yoga too. That's actually an interesting idea. Maybe we can just do a whole, you know, album just for the fun of it. And we didn't really consider it um, as one of our full-fledged albums it was more of like you know a special Here's interest a yeah and so we did that and um it went really well like oh, we had all these yoga magazines suddenly <laughs> doing interviews with us we're like this is so funny um and so then we said okay well that was the first one which was called um unity and then we did our second real album called meditation and then we said okay and then we're going to do another meditation album which is called joy and because um, because Vinny and, and Eric, the guys we did it with, they have ex, you know experience in those areas. Um, we said, okay, you know, then why don't we just ask them? It would be really funny to ask these like you know hardcore musicians to do a meditation yoga album with us. Right. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the fact that uh, you know Vinny from Unsane is doing a yoga album is. Uh... Let me yeah. tell you something about Vinny, though. <laughs> you know, Vinny. Aside from the fact that. Vinny used to be in a band called The Dots that the uh, the Bad Brains used when they first came to New York and that ended up being called the, the Black Dots album because you, they were using Vinny's drum set that had black dots on it. <laughs> <laughs> Another interesting fact about Mr. Vincent Signorelli is that he, after he played in The Dots, he, he turned uh, Hare Krishna. And oh, really? He was he was actually the guy feeding all those, you know, like hardcore street kids, you know, like back in the day. And, and the Chromax and that whole af affiliation with the Chromax with the Hare Krishnas and stuff wouldn't have happened if it hadn't been for Vincent Signorelli. Yeah. You wow. Know? So I had no idea. We were once eating, uh, having dinner with him in a vegetarian um, restaurant in New York. At and Angelina's. Yeah, at Angelina's, which sadly has closed in the meantime, because he's vegetarian and we're vegan. And then in walks... Um, uh, John Joseph of John, the Cromax. Yeah, John Joseph of the Cromax. <laughs> he said, Vinny, Vinny, it's all because of you, because he's written two books about being vegan too, right? Right. And so like, it was so funny because it said... If it hadn't been for vegan, history would have changed. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Well, and it's uh, how funny. I, I had no idea about any of that. That's, I mean, obviously, I knew about Vinny's time with with uh, Swans, but I, I get, I, I come from the West Coast, and it, it's, it's hard to describe yeah. to younger listeners, and or I guess if I wanted to be facetious, I would say kids these days. But you just didn't have that understanding of everything happening all around the world all the time always back in the back when <laughs> so there's like patches of history i'm just completely unaware of that's fascinating i had no idea yeah and eric hubel who is guitar player of glen branca which Glenbranca, you know yeah. yeah he is a yoga master he when he's not on tour he teaches and he's amazing no he's really, and he collects instruments from all over the world so his whole apartment is full of the craziest things you can imagine like you know drums made out of, of of trees or odd statues that have strings on them so 
we've stayed at his place quite often and we always like, what is that? And what is that? And he says, these are all instruments. And so we said, okay, one day we're going to do a record with you where we're going to use all those instruments. And then we called him and said, you know what? We're doing a yoga, <laughs> yoga <laughs> and we want to do it with you and all your instruments too. And he said, great. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, and, yeah. and, and again, we sort of alluded to it earlier, but as far as someone, I'm going to try to choose my words carefully here. I, if someone coming from the world that I come from, the, the music that they play in these yoga classes is generally not to my tastes, is the best oh, way they can put it. We perfectly agree. We, we, we hate <laughs> New Age music. <laughs> it's awful. It's ear cancer. It's terrible. That's, yeah, that's why we said, okay, that's actually a really good idea. We should do some yoga or meditation music that we actually like. Well, and, and, and for me, like hearing what they normally would play, like that actually makes me agitated. <laughs> it bothers me and it takes me out of what I'm trying to do. So oh, it's absolutely. yeah, it makes it makes it makes one aggressive. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so it's so awesome that you manage to put something together that comes from uh, that, that that can be something that can be peaceful for folks such as ourselves, and that yeah, you know, I had no idea that uh, that that fellow was. I knew he played with Glenn Bronca, but I had no idea he was a a. Uh, a yoga master that's amazing but it, it is something like when i think of things like you know glenn bronca's more famous compositions i'm like oh that's very tranquil to me whereas yeah. somebody <laughs> somebody that like maybe is not coming from our world wouldn't necessarily think or say that <laughs> true <laughs> well that's the thing i mean you know the music that we have on our yoga cds it's basically just slower music and we do slow pieces on our regular albums, too, sure. which we'll use for yoga, too. So in a way, it's just, you know, it's all one. So that's good because um, it, we would feel uncomfortable if we were doing something completely different. We just try to find different energy rates, let's put it that way, in our music. And some of it is more energetic and faster and some of it is slower. And, um, you know, you can use for meditation or yoga, whatever you like. <laughs> well, yeah, and and again, I was I was... It, it's very much on brand in the way that it, it doesn't sound like it's a wild outlier necessarily. It's just that you're you're collecting these songs together for this purpose. And I, I think that having a set purpose in place for something, you know, I don't think that as a bad thing at all. I think there actually should be more of that, frankly. Uh, and so how, so the, the yoga magazines like it, uh, you know, it's, it's something that's, that's of, of interest to people. Uh when you like what kind of folks come out to see you play obviously you're going to have the Neubauten fans uh you're going to have people that are just into i guess for lack of a better term i guess we have to call it outsider music i'm not entirely certain um <laughs> what you guys do always come to me you know it sounds like like sounds like stuff that would be in like a david lynch or a vim vendors film or something along those lines and i know that there's kind of a niche for that but it's not something i think that it's something and i'm i'm getting to a question here uh that the it isn't something i normally think of for american audiences being like a rock club thing it's more of like a seated audience uh you know like a night out at the theater kind of vibe and is that something that matches with reality or is uh, you mentioned that you can the volume can be 
reduce significantly, which changes the amount of venues you can play. Like being nomads, what manner of shows have you been able to get in front of people, and what where do people get the best reactions? Wow. Okay. Well, well, that's that's like a set of four questions. It, it is. It is, and I figured there was enough filibustering <laughs> that I would give you a few. Okay. Well, first of all, I think we can perfectly relate to the term outsider art because if you define outsider art as art coming from people that have a very different uh, starting point, a very different pers- perspective, uh, perception of of what they are doing there which is, you know, like uh, either people who are mentally challenged or, or people who are um, uh, delinquents or uh, people <laughs> that, that, that basically try to, try to express a spiritual experience by their art. Then, then I can very much relate to that because for me at least, music in itself is a spiritual thing. And, um, and so we are just trying to tap into uh, a, a source that, that uh, provides us with, or provides everything with, with energy, basically. So, um, and I think this is, uh, this is just something where, where we come from or what we, uh, what we are interested in or what we study. But then this kind of thing, uh, uh, it results into this particular kind of music that we play, which appeals to very different people for very different reasons, I suppose. Sure. Because, uh, because obviously, I think people, people notice that, that, we, that we try to convey or that, that we are, are interested into a bigger picture than just presenting like a groovy rock show or... Uh, you know, or, or trying to be very gloomy and, uh, uh, you know, dark about things. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. you know, which, which, which would be pretty boring. Um, um, so, um, Vampire capes and robes necessarily, you know. <laughs> so, so, uh, so it's, it's, it's really, it's really very interesting um, how people to see that people can be so very moved by what we do too. After, after the shows, we have people come up that, that we're obviously crying for most of the set. And, uh, you know, or people tell us how, how, how much they are moved by what we're doing. And we're, we're very happy to provide this kind of service. I mean, it's like, you know, it's a mixture of crowds. It's people that like experimental music. It's people that like drone music. With the last album, The Current, which is a lot faster and has a lot of rhythmic things. There's people also like, you know, um, trance or even rock. I mean, we have, um, we do have a pretty varied crowd. And um, it's actually, we started touring this year and it had doubled. So I think that's a pretty good sign that um, people are starting to basically understand our sound. Right. And it's spreading really fast. <laughs> well, and it, it is something that I think, and believe it or not, this has actually been a topic on the show the past few episodes, but I feel like one of the nice things with the internet as it stands today is it's allowed a connection of community for folks that they want to have like this more visceral experience of seeing something like that live. 
and uh, specifically when we're talking about something, you know, not that it is indicative of everything you do, but more drony kind of stuff, it's almost as if, and I, I don't don't want to attach religiosity to it, but it's almost as if it's like people are convening in in the the church of the drone to experience something that they can't necessarily do at home unless they have you know, 10,000 watt sound system, like back to the future or something along those lines to, to get that same experience. Yeah. And I, that's, and that's one of the things too, with our music, um, people tell us that it's completely different to see it live than to hear it because right. originally we, like I used to show visuals to it because I'm also, um, just going to ask about that. Yes. Um, but at, we haven't been doing that for the last two albums because we um, we noticed that when I don't do it, the, you know, people are more focused on what we do. And because we have so many instruments and we do so many things, like, you know, either we're singing choirs or Alex is doing throat singing or I'm doing spoken word or I'm playing an instrument or I'm playing three instruments in one song and Alex is playing drums, guitar and I don't know what else at the same time. <laughs> so it's kind of like, they're like, they say it's like, um, it's pretty overwhelming to watch us play. And they say that, which I always think is really interesting because it's something that we don't do on purpose. They say that the interaction between us is really, really fascinating because um, I mean, we're not improvising, but then again, in certain places we are. So we have a lot of interaction. And um, they just say it's like, it's, it's really entertaining to see us. Well, it, it's certainly a different experience than seeing someone push a button on a laptop. That's that's for sure. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I was going to say, like, with the, the YouTube footage that I've seen of you guys perform, it definitely, Alexander, it almost seemed like you had uh, octopus arms going uh, a few times with all the stuff you were doing. Yeah, I keep myself busy. I keep myself <laughs> but, but, yeah. But yeah, I think I think the the important thing is what the the audience feels is that we are not there to just present some kind of you know show to them. We we rather try to make something happen that also involves them in a way, and, and it it's every participant or everyone who is present in the room is sort of important for the uh, overall experience, and I think that that makes what we do very much different to a, a lot of other shows that we see. I, th I think there's a few people that try to work in this field, but uh, I, I think that that's, that's just like an, a unique thing about our field. Yeah, and one thing is too is that we really try to work with energy. Um, right. And in that way, it's hard to explain what I mean with that because it's kind of like, um, it's not about how fast or how loud something is, but how intense. And when you concentrate purely on that, it becomes super intense. And that's why Alex says, you know, people cry sometimes because yeah. they say sometimes it's so intense, um, just the way it like really hits you, the music, that they just burst out crying and they don't even know why. It's not because they're sad, but because it's so intense. And that's what we really work on because for us, it's kind of what, that, what we're trying to do is to like convey a kind of energy that can give us and everybody that listens to us a, a certain energy because we think that nowadays, you know, having a good positive energy is really important that as musicians, we have the possibility of doing that in comparison to maybe to other professions that deal with different right. materials, you know? Yeah. So I, I would say that, uh, and what you're describing, it reminds me of something that I believe it was a singer from Melt Banana said that, in Japanese, it it, it isn't um, 
you don't go see a band's show you go to go see a band live and the usage of the term live versus show uh shows that diff- that communal aspect and that exchange of energy rather than it just being something that's passively consumed and i always that always stuck with me all these years yeah, yeah. i love milk banana anyway oh, they're they're wonderful. <laughs> also the, the guitar player was uh, was the first person i've ever seen wearing a a, a breathing mask yes on- which has now come back around to be <laughs> to be in fashion. <laughs> yeah, Ag- Agata, that that guy is an insane guitar player, like incredibly unique, and uh, that it blew my mind when I was like, "Why is he wearing a mask? Like, what, what, what is that?" <laughs> uh, but speaking more seriously, going back to what you're saying, uh, you know, it all, that also reminded me of. You know, depending on like people, I think have an easier time understanding the sort of thing you're talking about and making that emotional connection. And went to singer, as for instance, you know that Black Sabbath song changes. Not my favorite Black Sabbath song. It's fine, but there's a Charles Bradley that a uh, uh, dearly departed soul singer who did a cover of it. And it's incredible, and it's incredible because of how naked the emotion is and how much the connection. Uh, that he clearly has for like what he found with the song and it recontextualized it to be something that was really quite beautiful and honestly transcends the original composition. And I think that that kind of thing absolutely can happen because I've seen it, but it's harder for people to quantify when it's not like uh, when it's not the deification of a singer necessarily. And it's interesting to me to see folks such as yourself working in that format and like having people get that connection and experience. And I don't think that's a story that's often told. Uh, but would you say that it varies from like country to country? Like, do you do you get the same? Like, do you get certain are certain countries more connected emotionally? <laughs> like, see the music, I guess is the best way to put it. Um. Well, I'm going to say something, and Alex is going to say something. <laughs> uh, for me. I kind of grew up with Ennio Morricone. Oh, yeah. And, so, and, yeah. and I think that that's kind of a good music um, that does that without having a singer. You know, and I think that's yes. maybe kind of what has um, influenced me in a way because that energy you have there as normally a singer would have. I totally understand what you're saying. And I love, I love Morricone, and he's always inspired me. So... That's kind of like the kind of like between Morricone and Scott Walker. That's that's my inspiration. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Is you it know, so that it, it, so it's Morricone? I've been I've been seeing Morricone my entire life. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, me too. And my name's Conan, so I'm very sensitive to pronunciations because people have mispronounced my name in my entire life. Ah, okay. Well, I've learned something else now. Thank you. And so um, that's for me, you know, that's that's kind of how I think I at least got to the thing of thinking it doesn't necessarily have to be a singer that conveys that kind of energy. It can be actually any instrument. It just has to be the composition that kind of brings it. Because, you know, when a singer is like that because of the composition that makes him fly on top of the composition. So if you want something else to fly on the composition instead of the singer, but to have the same kind of energy, you just have to vary the composition to that. So that's kind of how we work, I think. And in terms of the audience, um, it's it's pretty much the same everywhere. I mean, you know, we really love touring the states because you feel you know you feel that people have a different kind of com- 
connection to music than in other places because music is so much part of their lives. But on the other hand, East Europe loves our music, like Prague or Bucharest or, um, you know, Istanbul, Turkey. I kind of get those, those reactions the same everywhere, which is nice because, I mean, that, of course, makes it then to universal music. And I and I think that that uh, no matter what it is, I, I think we as artists, as musicians, we're we're just uh, we're just uh, the tools, you know, mm. uh, for to, to transport something. You know, there's this. I, I always love to quote this this uh, Flannery O'Connor is is this uh, Southern writer. Ah, you know? very familiar. Yes. Yes, and uh, she when they when they asked her about. Um, what is what is art or how she would define art she said that that art is is just is just means of transport for for one thing which is truth and uh, mm. so you know so if if a if a soul singer picks up on the inherent truth of a black sabbath song and can convey that you know then the the job is is done and it doesn't it doesn't necessarily it's that's not limited to any genre or any any right. style, you know. Uh, the the inherent it's it's about it's about un, uncovering unearthing the in, inherent truth of a lyric, and I, and also you know it's of course it is different in in uh, if you work with uh, English lyrics, um, it is different in places where where people uh, speak English as their first language, so they have a different uh, relationship to. To what is what is said, but as Danielle said, it's not necessarily dependent on on singing or or voice. It, uh, if you manage to tap into that source of energy, then um, then everything will be fine. That's that's. I feel like there's some there's some great wisdom there with what you just said. That's a, that's a very interesting and I think very very good way of looking at that. It's a, so. How would you say, and Alexander, especially with the uh, Neubatten, uh, you know, you, you you've seen a lot of changes in the way the music world operates in this day of streaming and social media, and you know this this sort of idea of like the art and artist being being forced into one thing. How, what, what, what do you feel? Because I feel like they're in your social media, you know, in Instagram, I think they're awesome. You know, there, there's places of the beautiful places that you go and you play, but there are also nice little like slice of life moments that show that, like, yes, you're you're human beings that are enjoying what you're doing as well. And I feel like some artists struggle with presenting that side of themselves because they might feel that it that it uh, lowers the value of the art somehow. Uh, but I feel like you've, you've struck a good balance with that. Do you find that something that comes naturally? Is it something that is more of a duty <laughs> that you feel like must be done at this moment in time, being an artist? Oh, um, well, first of all, thank you. Um, it is, with, with Neubart, we started pretty early that thing when we started our first supporter project in, in 2002 and stuff and, and uh, conversing and communicating with people via the internet. That was something that, that we kind of pioneered. I'm, mm -hmm. I mean, this reporter project this was before uh, Kickstarter or any such thing. Absolutely, uh, yes, it, it predated all of those platforms. Correct, yeah. And uh, we were we were talking to people uh, online 
before there was, I mean, before MySpace was was really popular and and way before uh, Facebook uh, even appeared on the scene. And I mean, I'm afraid I would have to put out some uh, criticism of capitalism in general here. I mean, it's... uh, this, they they're trying to sell us in individualization, but uh, they what they achieved pretty much now in 2020 is that people are just so uh, uh, separate from from each other that uh, that uh, this individualization individualization has has gone way too far in, in the place where where it's very hard for people to uh, to actually convene. Uh, on a and converge on, on a level that is not superficial, um, and that makes it really hard. Also, you know, for people say people are trolling. People say things uh, in the anonymous uh, internet, and and people just uh, live out their greed by by. Uh, they don't they don't have to support anyone anymore. If you support some somebody. That's like it might be more of an ironic statement, mm. yeah, rather than actually standing for something, and and that's all very problematic. But uh, you know, there's still great people around. Well, yeah, that's almost terrifying for some people. Yeah. Being being earnest, earnestness is terrifying somehow, uh, which is a crazy place to be. Something very wise, I believe, was said uh, is that all this social media and our modern culture celebrates the idea of the individual while not supporting the needs of the individual. And I, that's, yeah. that's another thing that's very much stuck with me. And I agree with what you said there. Yeah. Which is interesting about the situation now, you know, because now everybody has to be totally, you know, separated and it's making people stop. And I've got, I have, I've gotten so many phone calls in the last two weeks as I haven't received in the last 10 years, I think, because you know, <laughs> everybody just yeah of course how are you doing how are you holding up yeah absolutely and you know yeah. and now all of a sudden people want to hear voices which is really great yes, yes. You I, know? I, it's, a, it's a bizarre side effect of this insane time that we're in but i i've i've had the same thing like not just like family and close friends like people that i haven't talked to in years that you know maybe i know from tour or maybe they know from the show and it's like oh hey lovely to talk yeah. to you how are you doing <laughs> Yeah, it's really nice. It's really nice. It's it's really odd. And it just shows you how far we've come. I mean, you know, how far have we come that it's odd to hear a human's voice? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Needed a catastrophe like this for people to <laughs> realize and start clinging to those invisible connections that they might have to each other. And and I and I suppose uh and I suppose trawling is, is will be changing over the, the next couple of months or years even. Yeah. Uh, that people really, I, I, I think that the one positive effect that, that we might all get from, from this is that people will rethink the kind of connection that they have to other people. Yeah. And, and how interdependent we all are or how we are all connected, obviously, like with this, you know, this crazy thing, this crazy virus, and all of a sudden, it doesn't matter what country you're in, what race, what color, what cult, you know, everybody has to deal with it in the same basic level. And I think that's pretty fascinating. 
Yeah, it's like, it, it, you know, you you wouldn't necessarily want a global pandemic to be the catalyzing event to realize human connection, but, you know, oh. here, we, here we are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's always good to take the best out of everything. So. Right, of course. <laughs> it's, it's, it's definitely, it's, it's better than, uh, you know, constant uh, worry, despair, and woe, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, the thing is, it's interesting, you know, because we've, we've been nomads now for 10 years, so that means that, We've actually been mainly, unless we were doing art art residencies somewhere, we had a little bit more space, but usually we've been in one room for 24 hours, unless we're on tour or, you know. And so we're pretty well equipped for a situation like that. And people have saying, like, you know, how do you do it? How do you stay in the same room with, for 24 hours without killing each other and stuff like that, you know? And so it's, it's, you really do have to learn techniques to be able to do that. And, um, and I think that everybody's learning those techniques, which is actually basically about going inside of yourself more than onto the outside. So it's, you know, if you can't go out and go to a club or a bar or a restaurant, you have to do something that's entertaining or that's fulfilling within yourself or within that room. And it really changes your perspective on things. So it's actually it's actually interesting, you know. We've been doing this for ten years, so we've that's how we got into meditation. That's how we got into yoga. That's how we just learned how to deal with a situation that's so enclosed, and it teaches you a lot. Yeah, and you actually anticipated my next question, which was I was going to ask how becoming nomadic could change your life. But it sounds like you've used some of these things as tools in the toolbox to support what you're doing and you know, actual <laughs> human need and, and the, uh, you know, the, the, the rise and fall of moods and exterior influence and things along those lines that, that there are certainly things I'm sure that are not within your control. So, I mean, I would imagine it requires a certain amount of letting go and Absolutely. making yeah. the choice to not let things bother you. Maybe <laughs> I mean, way to put it. <laughs> Well, you know, that's the same thing again. Like, if, if something's bothering you, then it's more about how are, am I going to react to it? You know, like, if, right. for instance, if you're stuck in the same room for, let's say, five years, um, if you're going to go and constantly complain about what the other person is doing, you're just going to hate each other. But if you just kind of start looking at how you yourself are reacting to things, it, ch- it changes the dynamic. And stuff like that, it's pretty simple um, Um, practices that you learn because you have to otherwise you're not going to survive because being a nomad is quite different than just going on tour if you go on tour which we did years for years before that um, you can always have a home to go back to but if you're a nomad you don't and at the beginning we were like oh we're just gonna you know travel around for two years and have fun and and find some other perfect place that's not gentrified and settle down there but that didn't happen because the whole world's being gentrified and everything's so expensive that it turned into 10 years instead of, you know, 18 months as originally planned. And so we had to change a lot of things, you know, to strengthen our immune system, interestingly enough. Like, you know, we, we became vegan. We stopped drinking. We stopped smoking because doing all of that and being nomads at our age would have been, you know, it wouldn't have worked out. <laughs> right, yeah, you, you would not have the same... No, the, <laughs> the same ability to do which which you were were doing before. So exactly. So where does that land you now? Where where, you know, I'm not sure how it is over there, but here there are orders to you know quote unquote shelter in place, which is to say, 
go to your home, stay in it, treat it as if it was a space station, and you are not, you know, if you go outside, you'll be depressurized and will die. <laughs> That's a nice picture. No, I well, like that. well <laughs> you know, luckily we kept our former office in Berlin, which is a, a tiny, a tiny room, and that's where we, where we can come back to, and that's where we sleep, and and literally around the corner on the other side of the block, we we have these studios now. So we all we all we can do and all we have to do is like walk around the block and, and go into our studios to to work there and otherwise we're we're in our tiny apartment um yeah but i think what, what we realize in this process mainly is is that there is you know you, it's it's a, a sense of humility uh mm. overcoming this 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 system of of punishment and reward like saying like oh i i have to do this and then i will get rewarded by getting that or i have to uh you know i have to um, live through this and then i will reward myself with with that and that and i think um you, you just have to be uh, grateful for for every moment that you have a chance to to live on this planet and i think a situation like that uh, uh that kind of realization into many people's heads uh, you know that's some, something that we had to learn over the course of the 10 last 10 years is that you know just being able to to be alive and, and to be able to do the things that we're doing that's that's the reward that we get, you know, and it's not, uh, it's not something, uh, it's not something you can buy, essentially. Yeah, it's, the, the term that I've used, especially a lot in recent years, is making the journey itself the destination. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So, the... <laughs> what, what's, how, so obviously, as you mentioned, you guys are, you guys are available for commission works for all the filmmakers out there and there are people that listen to this show that do make films so uh the best place for people to get in contact you would be the website right or is there or do you prefer social media yes our social media our our website or our individual uh, websites like hacker.org or danieldepicciotto.com yeah, I mean, you can you can hit us up. There's so many channels. Open Facebook, now. we've got <laughs> multiple Facebook accounts. <laughs> and they're all tools. They're tools in the toolbox, and then that's you know, <laughs> it's, 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 it's kind of it's kind of where we're at. Uh, obviously, your upcoming tour dates are all canceled. I guess we we can say they're postponed. But at this point, you know, who knows uh, what's going on. Uh, What's what's the plans for the future right now? <laughs> that's that's, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that's kind of a question everyone's pondering. Maybe so. Maybe it's not quite fair to <laughs> to lay that on you specifically, but uh... yeah. Well, well, I I don't I, I don't think we have any more vision than anyone else on on that particular subject matter. But um, yeah, we we're just trying to. Uh, uh, utilize uh, plan B, C, and D in order to uh, move forward. You know, being an f- um, underground freelance musician has always been a kind of, you know, challenge, challenge <laughs> in not knowing what... <laughs> it's a good way of putting it, yes. <laughs> you know, it's like, you never know what's going to happen. Every day is like, oh my God, what's going to happen tomorrow? So, in that way, it's not really much different than usual. What we're doing now is just concentrating 
on the things that we can do. I mean, we do, we're reading a lot more. We're working with um, all kinds of different texts, with spiritual, with philosophical texts to give us some kind of like uh, foundation within ourselves to not panic too much. Um, we're thinking of recording music in the next couple of days after we finished cleaning up our studios. Um, and we're just going to go on doing what we always do, you know, and try to try to keep up the energy level. That's basically all you can do. <laughs> so, yeah, absolutely. Now, now if I might be, I might be wrong and please tell me if so, but Alexander, wasn't there an, the announcement of some Neubatten tour dates like back in January? Um, yes, uh, they, they, uh, we are, there were quite a few shows planned starting from this <laughs> April. I was going to say, there was, there was like a, quite, a, quite a lot of them. Obviously, all the April shows have been canceled or are in the process of being rescheduled. And, uh, yeah, and we are also still working on... To, we're still trying to find out whether we can make the uh, U.S. tour happen. Yeah. The, yeah. And, and, you know. and we were planning to tour after Neubauten through the U.S. We have a pretty long tour already booked for that, so, but we don't know. I mean, that bird hasn't, hasn't flown entirely yet, right. so we don't, we don't really know. But I, am, uh, I would not want to make any predictions right, right now and then be terribly wrong. Uh, you know, so well, if, if misery loves company, there are many bands in, in a similar position right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. all of them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Pretty much all the bands. Yeah, I don't think there's a single band touring at the moment, and that's a fact. <laughs> it, it, it's been a very unifying uh, pandemic that way. In fact, that yeah. it's like, oh, we all have common cause with the fact that we're stuck in this bizarre situation right now. Exactly. Yeah, isn't it great that finally people can agree on something that? <laughs> Really, really moronic to do right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, again, you you'd hope that a global pandemic wouldn't be the what, where it has to go for that, but uh, yeah. yeah. But you know, but that's the good thing about it yeah. that we can actually agree on the fact that in order to not um, blast ourselves with a, with an unaccountable viral load, we should not be in a room together. You know, so. <laughs> 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 yeah, it, it, it's nice to know that logic every once in a while will prevail, I suppose. Yeah, <laughs> now it certainly is. <laughs> uh, isn't that the truth? And so, there, yeah. is, there is exceptions, obviously. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I live in America, I know. Yeah, <sighs> we won't mention it. <laughs> Nothing needs to be said about it, believe me. We think about it like every hour of every day. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, so do we. Yeah, I was going to say, it's not just, not just America, too. Yeah. I think that's another, another universally combining thing that everybody's constantly thinking about that, too. Right, yeah. Uh, sorry. <laughs> I was, I've been saying that, you know, any, any band touring abroad right now should just have a t-shirt that says, sorry. <laughs> Coming from the U.S., I'm talking about. You guys are fine. Usually we only apologize in advance for everything that's going to go down here within the next hour, but but this time we also want to say sorry in general. Yeah, just in general, we're generally sorry. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I mean, Germans know what that's like, so <laughs> zing. <laughs> 
Awesome. It, it, it's, been, it's been so great talking to you. Uh, what, what I'm going to do is I always close out the question. It's kind of a general question I ask all the guests. Uh, and you've answered some of it in the course of the interview, but if, I'd like you to think about it as a general all-purpose thing. And that's why do you do what you do? I go first. Okay. Because I'm good at it. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. (laughs) That was another Flannery O'Connor quote, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) The eminently quotable Flannery O'Connor. Yes. (laughs) And Danielle? Um, For me, um... I don't know. I can only say the way I started it. When I was, I grew up in the States. My father was in the army and I, I changed school every year. And I had this terrible last name to be Chota that nobody could pronounce. And I wore glasses and I was a total weirdo. And I just, you know, it was just impossible for me in any way not to be the weirdo that everybody kind of doesn't want to talk to and that doesn't know how to communicate. And at one point I noticed that the only way I can communicate is by music or by art. And then I started doing that and it's kind of been that way for me ever since. It's like the way I can communicate. And so um, it's kind of, it's kind of again, that energy exchange or interchange or whatever that, you know, we as human beings can give each other and that's the way I can do it. Very nice. And quite the study in contrast between our two answers, too. <laughs> that's the magic of Hakadipi <laughs> There you go. That's that's the central ethos. Uh, Alexander, uh, Danielle, thank you so much for being on the show. It's 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 been a, it's been wonderful. You two are a delight, and it was a pleasure to have <laughs> you on. Likewise. Thank you for having us. Yeah, we'll ha- we'll have you on again sometime when you know the world manages to restart in whatever fashion that really? is. All right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thanks so much, guys. And uh, yes, stay stay safe. You too. You too. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, great. There we go. So we're going to hear another song from the new record, The Current, that they have that came out in January, January 2020. You can find that where you find your normal music that you find. We're going to listen to The Black Pool. And then after that, we're going to do some kind of unorthodox. I'm going to play one of the meditation songs. So get comfortable. We're going to do something. (laughs) We're going to do at least one of the songs on the uh, Unity, that first meditation record, uh, into one of the ones on the other one. So be aware that that's what's going to be happening if you want to get into a position or something. Uh, go on ahead, and then afterwards, I'll, I'll close out the show as per normal for folks to just listen to the whole thing. But here you go. This is another one off the current. Like I mentioned, this is the Black Pool. 50% of people got into the 21st century, and the other 50% got stuck. The UK is fucked. You know, the world is ruled by boardrooms who worship an invisible god of profit. The whole world seems to be turning state. The world is, is the 21st century is essentially dictated, isn't it? And it's not what we born into when we were younger. We can free ourselves and remain the same is to take money out of the equation. 
when at the end of her he was a brittle thread is severed. The whole world is affected. The silver cord is losing them. The golden bowl is shattered. could ever paint the pain algorithms. So the right question is, why are we still so poor? And the wrong answer is, we'll vote for the fascist party. I'm not lies. I decide don't listen to each other, they're shouting louder and louder. And they want control. That's when you can rely on me. Just call and I'll be there. This tragic. I won't forsake you for the world. It's our common land. It's like your body's in the Buddhist meditation on death, isn't it? You have to meditate on the hardest thing possible and come to terms with it. Maybe uh, the liberal minded people have to somehow try to understand the right thing people. Brexit, suicide, sound and stories. My dear and precious friend, bright and glorious is but I care for liberty. our future here together. But there are more displaced people than ever before. There's 65.3 million displaced people. Everyone shouts and no one listens. And I think you have to listen to your opponents, don't you? What we need is universal basic income. Behold my sincere countenance. Because we have to create our own reality. And be assured that I will stand by you.
Okay.
Jericho by Hacka D. Pachodo. And before that, we had, what do we have? We had 108. That's off of one of the two Zen out <laughs> yoga meditation records that we're, they were going to. I can think of the word meditation. Isn't that terrible? Meditation. Jeez. Uh, that is. Okay, so that was 108. Before that was 108. And that's off of the meditation record Unity. So a little bit different than what I normally play in the show, but I wanted to give you guys a taste of those records. I think they're interesting. Uh, they serve a purpose, especially for people that don't like New Age music, like me and Alexander and Danielle. And then after that, we had Jericho. Is the name of that last song, Jericho. So very cool, very nice. Hackadee Pachoto. H-A-C-K-E-D-E-P-I-C-C-I-O-T-T-O. It's the band name, .bandcamp.com or uh, hackadipachoto.de. Alexander's got his own site, hacka.org, as well as Danielle. Danielle has daniellepachoto.com. Uh, they're on social media, Instagram, uh, Facebook, all that stuff. And when things hopefully return back to normal, we will be seeing more of them out on the road. So beware. The name of the show is Kona Neutron's Protonic Reversal. It airs live on Radio Nope. RadioNope.com. Say yes to Nope. Generally, that's Thursdays, 8 Eastern, 7 Central, 6 Mountain, 5 Pacific. This is my farewell These days, it's a lot more common. This is another stay-at-home edition of Protonic Reversal. Thank you very much. Signing off. Podcast at alwaysradionutron.com for free. Mrs. America all ships at sea. Patreon.com slash Protonic Reversal if you want to get the episodes. Quicker. One dollar a month will get you there. No ads, no sponsors, no problem. I've got fifty thousand watts of power. What else? Well, there's a lot more stuff coming up. Still doing one of these practically every day. Or it seems like it. Ionize the air. So stay tuned. Like the show on Facebook and whatever else. You know what? You don't need to tell you. Do whatever you want. Thank you for listening. Turns sound into electricity. Please stay safe out there. Can you hear me now? And check you later. Out on Route 128, the dark and lonely. Check you later. I got my radio on. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now?
you're the fifth caller. Or any caller at all! Welcome to my top ten. I'd like to thank our sponsor. But we haven't got a sponsor. Not if you were the last man on earth. She was prepared to prove it. This one goes out to a special girl. It's the end of radio as we come to the close of our broadcast day.
emergency. Hey, hey.